I'm Anatole. I'm Nathan. And he hates superhero movies. Welcome to another episode of the He Hates Superhero Movies podcast. I'm Anatole. I'm Nathan. And like you heard in the intro, he still hates these superhero movies. That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, we've you know had some ups with Avengers, some right. downs with Hulk <laughs> and various other films. Hulk lowered my grade. That's how bad that was. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I'm trying to you know, make his grades better. Um, so in this episode, we will talk about one of my favorite superhero movies, Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, 2014, director James Gunn, and other facts from IMDb. Hold up, let me look them up. Yes, they, these facts are from IMDb. One of my favorite favorite Marvel movies, one of my favorite superhero movies, one of my favorite blockbuster movies, too. It's, um, I find it delightful. I find it endlessly rewatchable. Well, not too endlessly, because, you know, any too much of a good thing. <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, so let's, let, let, let's get it, well, let, yeah, let's get into this. Like, Nathan, what were your initial reactions okay, when so you first watched this? This is probably the most recent film we've discussed so far. Yes. Um, and I did see this, uh, it's opening weekend, if I recall correctly. Yes. And, you know, I remember actually coming away feeling that I hadn't wasted $15. Yes! <laughs> I did have a decent time at the movies. Um, I didn't feel cheated. I mean, it was just a fun movie. It wasn't anything profound, though. Um, it was just a, a fun little action movie. I haven't had any desire, really, to watch it again since uh, that one experience on opening weekend. And... Uh, yeah, the only uh, the second viewing that I will have for this movie is for this here podcast. <laughs> awesome. I mean, I guess that's go- that goes to show that you know, hey, there. If you enjoyed it the first time and you're not the biggest fan of these, there are, there is hope for the is- there's hope for this genre. <laughs> Maybe so. If you were gonna, this is a good one to make that case with. I think. Um, in regards to uh, rating it, you know, I pre rating. Th- Yes, uh, before the rewatch, I think uh, I was going to go with a, a 3.5. Nice. Um, and I think here I just maybe need to elaborate on this, on my, how I'm personally viewing sure, okay. our, the five-star scale to me. Let's put it that way. Sure. Um, what is five stars to you? What movie has five, five stars? Five stars is, a mo- is one of these movies that I want to go back and watch over and over and maybe do. And there are a few that I have had many repeat viewings of. Sure. I think that's five. A four would therefore be maybe occasionally, maybe once a year. Sure. Uh, You know, a five would be upwards of two, three, maybe even four times a year. So in in this post-Fury Road world, Fury Road gets five and a half. (laughs) Fury Road gets 11. (laughs) Whoa! (laughs) Well, I saw it twice opening weekend. I I would give this one a three and a half. It's good. It's solid. I didn't necessarily want to go back. But you wouldn't mind it. Being on TV, yeah. If I was over, <laughs> if I say I was over here hanging out with you, and, uh, we actually had cable because um, nice. who has that anymore? <laughs> but uh, no, uh, if someone pulled it up on Netflix, I was hanging out with her, whatever. And be, ah, that's okay, fine. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's enjoyable. We can we can talk over it. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, to to me, uh, I mean, first of all, like it was such an out of left field choice for Marvel. Especially because there are no um, household names 
associated with Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, like, even when Iron Man came out, uh, people were like, wait, this isn't Batman, a Superman, or a Spider-Man, or even a Captain America. Who is it? Why are you doing this? Um, so back back then, Iron Man was a risk. Um, because, But then again, at least Iron Man was a B-list, or B-list Marvel character, and Marvel had something to work with. People knew that you know Iron Man was out there. I'm sure a fraction of a fraction of those people who knew that Iron Man was out there had even heard about Guardians of the Galaxy. I had not. I had to like... I was like, wait, what? Oh, is that the, is that the space side of Marvel that I really, usually don't pay attention to? Because the biggest reason why I'm why I'm very biased towards Marvel and not DC is because DC spends way too much time in space and I can relate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had no idea what Guardians of the Galaxy was. I didn't know these characters at all. Um, of course, you know, there was the big press campaign before it to let sure. you know, and then other people started talking to me about it. Uh, mutual friends of ours, actually, <laughs> were informing me all about it. And uh, I just remember, yeah, the decision to go see it was just on a whim. I was just bored. <laughs> it was a Saturday. And I was like, oh, it's yeah. A perfect that, Saturday afternoon. That movie <laughs> came out uh, yesterday. Okay. And uh, by the grace of God, I live three blocks from a movie theater. <laughs> so uh, just walked over there and, yeah, had a decent time at the movies. All right. Um, so, like, uh, yeah, I think Guardians had, like, even less going for it. Um, and people were calling it, like, a really, you know, a huge risk because there was no name recognition. Um, it should also, we should also mention that this movie came out because the screenwriter won a competition and she was oh. a complete, yeah. She was a complete newbie to Hollywood. I had no idea about this. Yeah, like she, uh, and, and it's a lady screenwriter too, which 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 makes it even that's harder. great. Yeah, um, and you know she entered a contest. This movie got picked. Uh, this movie won that contest, and then it. Uh, I might not be getting my details exactly correct, but it won the contest and it got made. So the screenwriter, you know, she's out of nowhere. She's she's a new newbie to Hollywood, um, and you know, and there are many other factors. Um, at least that I immediately latched onto that made this a very bold choice for Marvel to go with. Um, so yeah, and and I was I've seen it. I, I watched it twice opening weekend, like like you did with Fury Road, and um, I've seen it like a couple times since then. Uh, it's one of my favorite movies uh, ever. Yeah. Um, wow. Bold yeah. statement. Yeah. Bold statement. And now to join in and offer his own <laughs> introductory remarks is our returning champion, Alex Daniels. Woo! Yeah. Hello. <laughs> welcome uh, back, Alex. Welcome back, it's Alex. A treat having you for the Hulk, and we're glad that you're back for Guardians. I'm glad to be back. Thank All you. Right. Yeah, awesome. That, 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 that is high praise, too. <laughs> so, yeah, so, uh, you uh, heard us just wax about our memories of this uh, film. What are your memories of this film and your thoughts on it? <clears throat> I remember being horrified as I was watching it. <gasps> oh, my. Yeah. The, the, the makeup was, was, in, it was makeup. It was real. <laughs> it was all effects, man. It was all effects. Oh. <laughs> All those people aren't dead. The planet's fine. It's not even real. Actually, it's funny you bring up the makeup because that was the most impressive thing to me. I was like, oh, cool. totally in awe of the makeup. Yeah, I got an Oscar like, nomination. Why doesn't this happen more often? You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. We are kind of away from practical makeup and we just CGI over faces now. And, yeah. You know, Mad yeah. Max being the other exception to that. Yeah. It's the exception to everything. Phoebe <laughs> <laughs> Road is, is the exception gonna, that proves all the rules. You're going to get so tired of me. Just I, I want to say something about what you were saying about it being a bold choice. Okay. Um, I think that it was less bold 
because of the way it was done and, and more bold for the types of for the genre of property they okay. went after. Yeah. Um, they threw everything they had at it. Even if you start bringing up things like the no-name screenwriter or the right. fact that there were... You say there were no um, big-name actors, but, I mean, you had Vin Diesel, you had Chris Pratt. Sure, sure. Uh, and so these well, were no, big no, names. Well, no, 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 there were big names. Uh, although Chris Pratt came out of nowhere as a, as a leading as man. As a leading man, that was yeah. that was a bold choice. This, <laughs> yeah, this is why he's in the new Jurassic Park. Yeah. But uh, the, I don't find the movie itself bold. Okay. I find, in retrospect, that the choices were obvious for what they were trying to do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so they definitely, like... The Marvel Studio had this idea in mind. This is the beginning of Phase 2. Here's how we're going to do it. This screenwriter wrote something about this property, and I think we can, you know... Use it. We think. <laughs> we can put The royal way. <laughs> make all the connections necessary sure. for the ones to come afterward. Um, well, what I think you're saying about their uh, being big names, and I think that is a point that I'm going to have to agree with Alex. Oh, sure. Yeah. And disagree with you, Anatole. Um, oh, oh, no, I didn't say there were no names in the movie. Well, I, said, <laughs> I, mean, you, I mean, Zoe Saldana was in Star Trek. She was an avatar. She's um, green instead of blue. <laughs> uh, Lee Pace, so unrecognizable in this film, is John C. Riley. John yeah. Glenn Close. Yeah, Glenn Close. You can't go a bigger name than Glenn Close. <laughs> Michael Rooker, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's in only the biggest show on cable. Sure. So, so it can't fail. It was more of like a, what can we make into a massive success with all of our power? Sure, this sure. This obscure property, let's do it. And they did it. And they showed their power as an industry. Sure. But... I, w- I wouldn't say artistically that it was bold. Um, sure. I mean, like, it's it's a pop movie. Right. It is, um, it's, you know, like, like you said in your like in your review, uh, it's, uh, and Alex is a great reviewer, uh, like, in your review, um, it's it's like candy. It's more, you know, sugary good stuff. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and you know, it, it pleased my dopamine levels yes. <laughs> as I watched it. Um, That's the idea, the addiction. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, I, hold on, let me get my uh, my rubber. Let yes. me let me get this rubber yeah, tighter. Just tie you off right there. You know? <laughs> yeah, just shoot some Marvel into your veins. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I've always been a Marvel fanboy. I, is, I make no you know, qualms about that. Isn't that how people become superheroes? Just you know, usually something gets shot into their veins. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. one of the big one, yeah, Captain. America. Oh, I want to see like. Like a heroin hero, a guy who's like a drug addict. Oh, yeah. And then he gets some, like, you know, special batch or something, <laughs> and it pulls him out of his addiction, but gives him superpowers. And no one would ever make this because then kids will want to do heroin. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should make it about Anatole, Marvel fanboy. <laughs> yeah. It's his superhero name, and he shoots these. The essence of these movies into his oh, head, oh. and I get <laughs> the yeah. powers in my head while I slowly run in the kind of living room. <laughs> uh, actually, you, you know the the movie Big Fan with Pat Oswalt. Yeah, yeah. They should, we should do one about superhero fans. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> and how, like, you know, the, how maybe like Batista beats him up in a club and he doesn't prosecute him. <laughs> Spoiler alert for Big Fan because you know only like forty people saw that. Movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I mean, like, I guess the bold choices uh, for me here: um, uh, Chris Pratt is leading man. 
because he was a comedy sidekick before this. Um, but then he'd again, been in, he'd been in Zero Dark Thirty at this sure, point. Sure, okay, that's that's true, but still I don't not think he as makes much man. of a statement as a leader in here. Personally, though, I think he's still kind of a comedy sidekick. Yeah, he's goofy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why he's the guy at the end saying, "I'll watch after everybody else." I think. Well, it's a joke, though. It's a joke when he says it. Kind yeah, of. Yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah. Everyone's like, Haha, "Yeah, like yeah. you'll." I think John Z. Riley even said that, right? He's like, "You're gonna watch after them," and then he gives <laughs> a very meaningful nod, like, yes. "Yeah." Right, and it was played for for humor. For, okay, but then the next immediate scene is, so is. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's do good and bad. But um, uh, so yeah, um, this guy is a, is a leading man, Chris Pratt. Um, uh, sure, there are a whole bunch of the big names. Uh, we'll get to the characters. Let's start with James Gunn, which is what really made this stand out to me before it came out. Like because James Gunn is probably the least likeliest choice to ever have. Um, you know, had success as in the superhero industry, um, especially even even in, even in the pop movie industry. Um, he started, I think, with Toxic Adventure, which was like the send up of all of this stuff. You know, in the eighties when like nobody was even watching yeah. comic book movies. Classic movie that was passed around on VHS. <laughs> right, right. He's like the ultimate. You know, he's one of the, he's one of the ultimate like B movie. You know, like people. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's kind of. Uh, uh, a, a dork's wet dream. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. James Gunn finally <laughs> rose from the ashes of right. trauma films right. to make a huge, grandiose, big budget right, right. Uh, action movie. Like before this, like I this. think his biggest hit was Slither. Oh yeah, that's right. He did do that. I forgot about that. And Slither was like, you know, it, it made some money. It made some money. Right. Back. It wasn't a big hit. It was yeah. not a big hit <laughs> uh, by any means. And uh, um, you know, it referenced everything that came before it. Um, which is one of the things oh yeah it was was great yeah Uh, and you see that sense of humor in here but what really um, made James going to stand out to me was because his movie before this was called Super where Rain Wilson plays a psycho a psychopath with a wrench it was dark it was darkly funny it was um, uh, about underdogs too in a way Um, and sure this Guardians is a pop movie it's a huge you know hit but like if you're a James Gunn fan or if you've seen his stuff before you definitely get it also as a James Gunn movie which is bold and I think that's one of it, this movie's achievements that it's one of James Gunn's achievements that he was able to play in this uh, in, in, in this in the, in the studio system but also make his own thing well, that's all well and good for James Gunn, but it's, uh, <laughs> you know, bravo, buddy. And I, I mean, I'm not trying to rag on the guy or anything. I don't I, I don't know him personally, but I don't think he's a bad guy. I enjoyed watching Toxic Avenger when I was a teenager. Sure. You know, and it was a good send-up, a good laugh. Right. Um, but in terms of, you know, the characters in this movie, uh, everyone, with the yeah, we can, we can start off with, um, what is his real last name, Quinn? Quinn, Peter Quinn. Yeah, okay. Or Peter Quill, Peter Quill, Star Quill, Quill Star-Lord. Wow, okay, I'm on top of it today. Peter Jason Quill. But yes, everyone calls him Star-Lord. Well, well nobody no calls him Star-Lord. In, in one the person in the movie, but in our in our cultural landscape, he is Star-Lord. Right. His, superhero, his superhero name is Star-Lord. Right, which uh, he doesn't really have any uh, is he a superhero nope no. nobody here are okay so, yeah. well, alright well show's over guys um, <laughs> we didn't mean to do this one talk to you later so this this episode is called Nathan Likes Movies and you like this one alright bye guys <laughs> why isn't he a superhero 
Does he have any special powers? He's um, a. I, I remember from Batman's a superhero. He doesn't have powers, right? But he doesn't even fight well. Like he's. But he's. He's got weapons. But and... see, that's the that is another. I guess out of left field thing this movie does. It turns a whole bunch of ne'er do wells and people who are just there. And at the end of the movie, uh, they are technically heroes because they did save the world. This is true. <laughs> they saved our world. That's never, and that's another big that thing. That never happened before? No, no, no <laughs> one has ever saved that planet before. <laughs> uh, again, you're forgetting. It's not real. <laughs> damn it! First the makeup and now the planet. Oh, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Chris Pratt... Pratt plays it well. There's a lot of comedic beats for him. Right. He, of course, knows how to do comedic beats. Sure, sure. It's hilarious on Parks and Rec. For... The ad libs. He's he's a great at ad libbing. Oh, okay. I don't know how much of this is ad libbed. Um... The middle finger is ad libbed. Oh, really? He makes a statement about Jackson oh, Pollock. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, see, oh, yeah. I forgot that line for the first uh, viewing. Yeah. From my first viewing, and hearing it again, watching uh, for this episode. I was very surprised that that was able to get through. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't fit. That's the thing. It doesn't fit with the rest of what's going on. It was, it was kind of like, obviously Chris Pratt. Sure, sure. But it's also, um, uh, James Gunn had said that uh, we're, he's our point of view character because mm-hmm. he's also the only like Earth human in this thing. And uh, so, you know, the music... Uh, oh, and I mean, we'll, let's talk about the music later. But <laughs> the 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 music, the um, all the jokes—they're all geared towards you know uh, us watching. So mm-hmm. the, the the jokes are made meant to make us laugh. Um, and yeah, sure, they don't. And like, why would these aliens ever get his references? He makes them anyway. <laughs> but yes, they they are part of the movie. They're part of this audience. But it also makes sense that he's also made the reference for himself. There, there's that case to be made. Like, uh, I make references all the time out there in conversations where it shouldn't, you know, when people have no hope of catching the reference, but uh, I will make it. I, it's for me. It's, it's not for true. you. It's <laughs> true. I make tons of Space Ghost Coast to Coast references yeah. on a daily basis that yeah. no one knows what I'm talking about. But um, I guess moving on, our next character would be uh, Zoe Saldana's sure. character. Yeah. yeah. Um, returning champion to all of this. This is genre to you well, know science fiction, I science guess. Science fiction she's in Star Trek, and as yeah. I mentioned earlier, she, uh, <laughs> I, I, um, I don't think she's that great of an actress. Sure, that's fine. <laughs> I have to say it. Uh, I didn't think she was that great in Star Trek. She was a bit stiff in that. Even though I like well, the... Uhura's role is kind of <sighs> well, yeah, it's <laughs> it's got problems from the get go. Yeah. I like. I'll go on the record for saying I like the first J.J. Abrams Star Trek movie. Sure. I hated the second one. Sure, but, <laughs> but yeah, she she didn't have much to work with in that one and she has know, more to work with here she does and she has moments that are great but there's a lot but of she's times, one note she's very austere yeah, yeah and there's there's she's holding back a bit I think that's what's going on I think that's her job yeah Yeah, uh, but I think she's her as an actress is holding back a little too much oh okay sure here and there sure um, but, um, maybe she was directed that way or I don't know the particulars but I think if she was allowed to maybe play around with the character a little more it's also the character yeah, I mean, like, because you know, like, once this came out, I started reading the books, and okay, yeah. And after reading the books, though, I will say Chris yeah. Pine was a perfect choice. There's just <laughs> a little bit of wooden delivery here and there that just like didn't feel right. But again, it's so, not; she's not terrible. Right. It doesn't. She um, definitely gets the job done. Yeah, gets the job done. There were just definitely a few beats here and there. I was like, well, they probably should have maybe done another take there. <laughs> um, I, I think she's the you know, if Alfred Molina has played every race on Earth. She's the only actress who's played every race, you know, on Earth and outside. Of and outside of Earth. 
is she, is she an alien in something else? She was yeah, in Pandora in um, uh, Avatar. Oh, that's she right. Was blue. She was an Avatar. Yeah, yeah. and now okay. she's green. The whole color palette. <laughs> <laughs> Coming soon, red. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, well, we gotta Drax. talk about who? Drax, the Destroyer, Bautista. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's fine. Um, again, a weak actor, but I know he was a wrestler to begin yeah. with. And <laughs> know, um, you know, he has he has one note. He's angry. Yeah. Did you That's why he's green. Yeah. Alex, did you find anything wrong with his performance? Do you recall? Or didn't stand out to me, but I, uh, it didn't bother me too much. I mean, the rest of the performances in the movie had kind of similarly. I felt like they had one note, and he had one note. Yeah, it's kind of what you get with a bit of these ensemble movies. Yeah, though. yeah. Um, right. I mean, it even goes back to like Ocean's like, Eleven uh, or something, or Dirty Dozen, uh, or you know, I guess a, or, or a more recent would be. Uh, Glorious Bastards in oh, terms sure, of like yeah. war buddy sure. ensemble <laughs> yeah. movies where everyone yeah just has a specific uh, character, character to play, yeah. yeah just a little quirk that uh, they really play up. Um, I gotta say I uh, mentioned are, it we, are we are we still with humanoids? <laughs> oh well, that's where I wanted to go. Okay, um, I mentioned it off mic earlier. That uh, I love the CGI for Rocket. Oh man, I think it is so well done, and he feels to me at least like I, he's I, there. He's real. I don't think of oh, that's a CGI blob on a computer somewhere. That I is guess a the only other time I've ever thought that is with Gollum from the Lord of the Rings right, movies. Right. I, I, that goes back. That's another uh, part of why this was more of a risk than other. Uh, studio movies, other Marvel movies, you had to make audiences care for a, a raccoon and a talk in a tree. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I, I would say I have to. I don't know. This is weird because it must be some really subjective thing. Mm-hmm. I did not find him to look real at all. Oh wow! I, oh, no. I felt that he looked real less often than the Hulk did. In, in Hulk 2003. Hulk 2003. Oh, wow. What? <laughs> oh, wow. I, it must be some subjective thing. So our eyes are like what we're looking for, but I felt like he was a cartoon the whole time. I didn't feel like I could touch him. Oh, oh no. There were some parts, especially like uh, if you skip ahead to the ending, when Bautista touches whatever he's touching, the fur moves and everything very realistically. And uh, and James Gunn also has a raccoon best friend now <laughs> that yeah. he used for the movie. But, um... Uh, I mean, Bradley Cooper's performance was awesome. You, you, you definitely, you know, he he put a lot through, especially in the the cantina scene. Um, oh, where they're getting drunk, and yeah. then he gets enraged for being called a, a right. And, and but there's or... like a, there's like a pathos there that comes through, and like you know, the raccoon's eyes get a little watery. Like everyone's always been teasing me my whole life, you know. Like I'm done being a, you know, like you can't push me around anymore. Rah! And you know that was pretty cool. <laughs> that was a very that was one of his most you know his best dramatic moments to me. Huh. Bradley, Bradley Cooper in the raccoons. And, and speaking of the raccoon, his buddy Groot, uh, Ben Diesel in his uh... prize in his comfort zone, <laughs> in the perfect role. Yes, this is Iron Giant. You know, like jacked up to like <laughs> brought up to like you know eleven. This a total is... of two lines. Yeah, I mean. Uh, <laughs> Four words. Right, right. I mean, you know, it's a very, very um, interesting, very, very good acting challenge, actually, for Vin Diesel. Like, 
you know, convey shit with one line. It would be very easy to record one line over and over. See, I, I don't think it works, though. There's one scene where uh, Rocket is talking to Groot, right. and Rocket's doing the, like, Luke Skywalker to R2-D2 thing, sure. where Groot just keeps saying, I am Groot, I am Groot, and Rocket's just replying with, I know, but we gotta do this, and da-da-da. Or like Han and Chewie. Right, yeah. right, right. Uh, I guess that would be the... The more common uh, the trope Pat. we're going to pull from Star Wars there. But no, I go with Luke and R2. <laughs> sure. No, no, because, because there's only one Han Solo with this and this Chris Pratt. <laughs> that's what he, yeah, that's what he wants you to think. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so much just hostility on oh, the surface here. But uh, yeah, it, I didn't buy that so much. Okay. Um, it just it didn't have as much fondness. Like, yeah, when Chewbacca growls and Han replies, I don't know, it just... Because we could imagine that Chewbacca's growls are some sort of language, it kind of works, but I am Groot, I am Groot, I am Groot. A uh, comics know. thing that probably wasn't convin- uh, you know, communicated as well, since you didn't get it. <laughs> um, he's actually... Uh, his... He, the only sound he can make to communicate is I am Groot because that's all he learned. <laughs> yes. No, they, they do mention that in the yeah, movie. Yeah. But be, 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 he's saying other things, you know. Right. I, I mean, I get that that's what's going on. It's, right. it's Han and Chewie, it's Luke and R2, but it just wasn't as convincing. Sure, okay. It just wasn't as convincing. I mean, uh, I mean that, that goes to the larger point of this movie being Marvel Star Wars. And, you know, it's working on a lot of things. It's, you know... There's two... Uh, there's two obvious references to Star Wars in this movie. Um, and unfortunately, the second one is escaping me right now. But there is a moment where the villain is talking to a hologram projection that looks exactly like Emperor Palpatine sure, uh, sure. from The Empire Strikes right, right, right. Back. And hopefully the second one will come to me later. <laughs> I See, I wrote just second Star Wars reference in my notes. Well, good job, Nathan, because <laughs> you probably should have also wrote down what it is. Again, we're really professional around here. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so like, it's borrowing off a lot. It's Marvel's own Star Wars. Um, you know, for me, like, um, it doesn't have to... What you do with the reference doesn't have to top the reference. It's, you know, it's yeah, your I, take on it. I remember uh, you know, thinking I was okay with there being of a reference like that. I mean, right. directors do it all the time. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Alex, last time you were here, we had to deal with Ang Lee calling up Hitchcock. Yeah. Like, yeah. Nobody's business with all the split screens. <laughs> or how, like how everybody who does a space movie tries to reference 2001 now. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. gotta have some symmetry, gotta have some long hallways. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, um, I guess the last character to speak of is the villain. Who's well? Name is... How many of them? <laughs> well, there's also uh, I guess the minor ones are Nebula and uh, uh, Michael. Michael Rooker's character was. Oh, okay. He, we do got to mention Michael. Well, Rooker. he's he's yeah he's a he's a secondary character, but he also stole the show. <laughs> I will say he's my probably my favorite part of this movie. When he shows up, it's really fun. Yeah, it's really fun. Uh, everyone really gets jazzed about the arrow whistling thing at the end, yeah. which I. It, have no clue how that would possibly work, but I also don't care. Exactly. <laughs> uh, just because, yeah, it was a very cool, badass action movie moment. This character also has some of the most character in the whole Sure. I agree. Movie. I agree. Um, and, and just even visually, the you know block of steel or silver or whatever it is right, forming right. a mohawk in his head. I just think that's great character design. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the thing that actually controls the arrow. Oh, <laughs> that's what's going on there. Yeah. Yeah. It okay. is kind of weird that they all are have hillbilly accents and stuff. <laughs> People complained about, you know, George Lucas using different, like, languages. Well, and all know. the bad guys in Star Wars are English. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, nobody was a racist Jamaican in this, so that's that's good. Oh, yeah. Or, or the uh, the Asian toad people at the beginning of yeah. the Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> so bad. Yeah. Is it sad that I know that they're called Nimodians? <laughs> oh, I forgot that. Yeah, they're coming up the ventilation shaft. <laughs> <laughs> See, uh, uh, Mickey Rooney was uh, played the. Uh... <laughs> yeah, they just they got Mickey Rooney for all of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah uh, but yeah, Rucker's uh, great. I mean, Thanos makes an appearance, but he's nothing yet. Okay. Thanos but... is... Josh Brolin's a great choice for. Yeah. Him. His voice is pretty menacing. He's yeah. a pretty tough guy. Pretty pretty austere himself. Probably my favorite part recently about Inherent Vice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I guess the last one would be. Lee Pace as uh, Ronan the Accuser. I think he's utterly forgettable. And yeah, the, <laughs> the villain is the weak part. The villain is just a straw man, literally. Like <laughs> yeah, he just he's like, I'm evil. I'm gonna destroy this planet because my ancestors were supposed to, and so I'm going to. Yeah. It just there doesn't seem to be much motivation for him. Right. Well, that was your whole point about stakes that you made uh, in the whole. Podcast. Yeah. No. This what? has yeah. There's a problem in this movie with it. Well, I mean, feel like movies like this, you always have to. By uh, yeah, yeah, that, that's something that's a pre pre conclusion. Like what was the word? Pre foregone conclusion. Okay. That there will be a threat that will endanger the world. Um, it's something the heroes have to beat. Like that. That's you know that's been since uh, since Star Wars. Since uh, I think that's like the Star Wars of no. the. Uh, it, it yeah. goes back even further than that. Sure, I mean, sure. Flash Gordon had to beat someone. Yeah, and but in Star Wars, I didn't feel that Darth Vader was just a placeholder. Sure, sure. The sure. this guy is. Right, right. Yeah. He really is. Well, he, he's an actual placeholder for Thanos. <laughs> they, they, I think is. they told you, like, yeah, this guy is just, you know, for now, for this movie. <laughs> yeah. they, you're right. Uh, Batista does make reference to that. Yeah. You know, oh, Ronan was just a puppet. I have to go kill Thanos. <laughs> he's a real bad guy. But yeah, uh, I think it. Oh, just any of, Nazis? <laughs> I think it harms the storytelling a little just to have him be just such a blank slate. Sure, but I, I think smartly the movie doesn't focus on. I mean, sure, I mean, the movie is is it doesn't hide the fact that it's not focusing on Lee Pace or the bad guy because you know it's really working hard to get you to get to know these the main characters. I think that's a great point. That's exactly what I wanted to say. Is that it doesn't seem to be about anything. Other than the characters. That's, sure. It's for the sake of establishing the characters in the universe, establishing the space aspect of the universe for the rest of the series that are going to continue and, you know, be involved in the Sure. With, you know, sure, sure. The you know that, I, I think you're onto something there. That, and I agree. Yeah, this <laughs> now, you know, thinking about it, yeah, this could just be, and is, I guess, just a vehicle <laughs> For uh, more of these Marvel movies. Um, I mean, no, it is. They said it is. <laughs> they said yeah. it sets up uh, Phase 2. But <laughs> but Counterpoint. <laughs> it also makes it... Uh, uh, I mean, the, you know, the movie makes you care about... You know, if you liked it, it, cares, it makes you care about the characters. It, it's, it's enjoyable. You want to spend more time with them. Um, you know, you... Uh, um, and, and the characters grow. They all have arcs. As minor as they may be... Given, you know, it's an ensemble movie and you have a lot to do, you have a lot to get through. They all have arcs, they all have growing moments, they all, uh, and, and, and at the end, they all learn to come together as a team. <laughs> um, of course they do. Well, right, what else, what else are right. they going to do? Come on, kids, be friends with everyone on the playground, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> 
Uh, but we, we we briefly mentioned the soundtrack earlier. And yes. I gotta say that other than uh, you know, if Michael Rooker is my favorite thing to watch in this movie, the soundtrack is my favorite thing to hear. Oh, so good. Um, yeah, it, it was a. Uh, I, you know, we were saying bold decisions. Uh, I think it is a, a little bit of a bold decision to just use uh, you know hits from uh, Earth. Yeah, <laughs> Earth See, hits. Did you hear what you just said though? Is it is a bold decision to use hits? Right, but sure. in this type of movie, in the in this context, it mm. makes you care. You know, it, it automatically puts you. It helps you buy the universe even you know faster. It, yeah. it, it gets you there faster because it's this is a human from the eighties. Uh, on Earth, who got to space, but we hear, you know, we hear his music, and so you get to relate. It's like, uh, yeah, I love that song too. It just felt like a gimmick for my. On my it part. is. Oh, it's definitely gimmicky. It's gimmick. I agree with you, and it's meant to just emotionally tie you, like, oh, that song, because we all have moments with a lot of these songs right, that right. we love. And yeah, it's a total gimmick, but I think it it works. It's an effective gimmick, yeah, so yeah. I'll give him credit there. And hmm. that's another uh, thing that goes back to James Gunn's, you know. Mostly singular vision, uh, or or at least James Gunn's strong vision in this. You know, because when he was writing, he wrote with this music cues in mind. He wrote with these songs in mind, and uh, he tried to convey these this, kind of the same way that John Hughes wrote to music back in the for all his eighties oh, movies. John Hughes, <laughs> I got serious problems with John Hughes, but <laughs> this is not the form for those. <laughs> I um, I only make the reference because I know that he wrote. You know, with music cues in mind, and that's one of the things that helped sell those, all those '80s movies. Right. Sure, James Gunn might might be um, subconsciously channeling John Hughes with with that, like, uh, but uh, at least uh, you know from what James Gunn said and from what I glean as well, like he used the music uh, to punctuate his own feelings about these scenes and try to convey that to the audience, and yeah, like. I, I fell for it hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> I don't think it's very impressive to write with music cues in mind, necessarily. <laughs> Just because you know what music you want to put yeah. where doesn't make it impressive. There is me. a joke I once heard. I uh, forget it was on some show, but uh, someone made the joke that Spielberg and Lucas just designed the poster first and then worked their way back from it. <laughs> Sometimes that makes for really good movies. <laughs> yeah, look at the Raiders poster. It's all there. <laughs> or the, you know, Empire Strikes Back poster. Well, look, there's R2. He's going to be in it. <laughs> but, My um, reaction to that is, Argo, fuck yourself. <laughs> I actually know the guy who designed the poster and he said... For this movie. For this movie. And he said cool. that he was... You know, the idea was to make it as Star Warsy as yeah. possible. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Oh, definitely. I mean, yeah. there's so many beats in this that sure, are yeah. all Star Wars. I mean, that's the far- fastest way to make this thing a hit. We tie it into reference what works. Yeah, reference Star Wars. Reference what people. And you know, like I'm fine with referencing things. It doesn't have to be better than the original. You know, it, it's fine being there. And, and that you know that kind of what you get is that it's not trying to go on its own merit as much if it's if it's um, referencing those things that are already big hits in people's hearts and minds. Oh sure, there's a whole bunch of if Chris pop, Pratt's saying yeah. my character is Marty McFly and Han Solo rolled into one, you know he's just kind of name dropping because like. First of all, those characters, they didn't necessarily... There's nothing like... What's memorable, uh, what's memorable about those characters is the movie they're in. Right. 
and the types of roles are playing in those movies and like the actors did a pretty good job with that but the they're not like these like epic like standout these should influence performances types of roles oh no not at all they're characters this is a right. very good point yeah sure. I, I've never even thought of it this way this yeah. is why I love reading your reviews <laughs> uh, you always shift my brain and it's great that yeah Han Solo is an iconic character but he's not he's not an acting touchstone <gasps> yeah, yeah. yeah so why say my character's influence what's the motivation for an actor to say my character's influenced by Marty McFly slash Han Solo it's so that Disney can appeal to those fans. But that's... I mean, you know, Chris Pratt's not the first guy to do this. Um, well, no, yeah. no. He's drawing on a long tradition of actors saying, this is who influenced me, but he just happens to be doing it in a way that's profitable. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, um, I can't think of other people who've done this before, but I'm pretty sure it's been done before. Um, you know, like it's, it's been... Actors in cast and blockbusters have... Especially in, um, you know, they, they've drawn on other things to, like, help help sell the movie. Mm-hmm. And then that's what, you know, press is for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, maybe, um, James Gunn was saying, ah, if, you know, he, he's also one of those act- directors who's everywhere and, you know, he's, he's always talking. But uh, he said, um, like, behind the scenes-wise, like, his job with Chris Pratt was just to get Chris Pratt out of his own head and deliver the... Because this really is Chris Pratt. It's unbridled Chris Pratt. James Gunn's job was just to get Chris Pratt to be Chris Pratt. Yeah. And say the lines he said. Um, from an acting standpoint, I mean, I guess from performance from performance angle, um, there. I mean, basically react to the script is, is, is what is what the actor has to do. Um, but um, I don't think it's harmful to like uh, reference popular characters that came before. No, it's not harmful. Yeah. It's it's not a... harmful. But how much do you reference them? Oh, is it the entire main character of your movie, or is it just one uh, you know, side character that's briefly in one scene? I didn't get any Han Solo slash Marty McFly vibes from this guy at all. Yeah, Marty McFly, while a bit of a goofball, is never intentionally a goofball. He just kind of yeah. screws up. Yeah. Han Solo is brash and cool, and, you know, we want him to get the girl. But, uh... I just feel like Chris Pratt is his own thing. He's, yeah. He's like a kid, you know... Oh, being, he's definitely... Being in all the awesome movies he wanted to be in. That's he's a about perfect... To be, that's a perfect way to put it. That's a great exactly. way to put it. He's about to be riding a motorcycle with velociraptors. And then it's a car movie. I don't take him seriously, and that's why he's perfect for these crappy movies. Oh, 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 oh you went there. Shots fired. But, but right. no, I, I... Counterpoint. So doesn't that make it even better that he's able to be in these movies and play him... Okay, personally, it's, it's great. But isn't it better um, that he gets to uh, not... I mean, sure, he'll name-check all these other people, but he still gets to deliver a performance that's, that's all his own. You, you've uh, got to, I, I thought of this point, too, when you were uh, mentioning that earlier, Alex, uh, just that you mentioned that since he's not exactly uh, mimicking Marty McFly... And that's very hard to do, given, you know, 100, 50 However, years of these. <laughs> to also speak to, your, to, uh, to Alex's point, it is also... He's just playing a character that is the child... Who gets to uh, be in space, which is also again coming back around what he is. He is an abducted child. He, is, he was a child who was abducted, <laughs> yeah. and he kind of grew up in this, in, you know, this stuff. And he gets to do all this which, cool shit. Just a brief mention. Um, uh, just again, I always harp on this. 
harped on it the last time you were here, Alex, on movies that need to show and not tell. I was really happy right when this movie opens right. of uh, the kid just having the black eye. Right. And it was like, it was so refreshing. It was just <laughs> like, thank you, thank you. Now I know he's scrappy, he gets into fights. Right. I didn't need... Very quick. I, Very efficient. Right. I didn't need anyone to tell me that because... They establish that his father is not there. Therefore, I know he's not in an abusive relationship. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's like, okay, he's a scrappy kid. Right. Got it. Thanks. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I just appreciated that. So I'll give, I'll give Gunn uh, a gold star on that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, by that same token, there's a lot to unpack. Like, the, you know, the, I mean, as far as movie making goes, this is it's a great production, you know. It isn't memorable. The are all... It's just a lot of CGI though, especially at the end. Sure, but it's it's like, you know, I'll also like it's not not only is it Star Wars, it's Mass Effect. It's it's this, it's that. It's like, you know, it's dopamine. It's it's visual <laughs> dopamine. It's it's a giant video game. But yeah. a lot well, of it yeah. doesn't stick with me. I mean, we just watched it hours ago. And already, I'm just remembering. Oh, the planet was pretty, and they were flying around in space, and there was a lot of space junk, and that's I. Nothing sticks out as entirely magical or memorable. Again, I've seen a lot of it before. Sure. Um, it doesn't make a huge, impactful visual statement in terms of its setting and scenery. Well, the uh, one. I mean, one scene, one uh, setting is uh, the the. The co- where the collector's station is, that that whole hollowed out celestial skull, mm-hmm. um, that whole mining colony, that That's was pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, pretty cool. It's kind of like I, it's like the Michael Bay quotient or whatever, right? It's okay. Like, oh, what is this? Cool. Just cool. Uh, have, oh, you ever, okay. have you ever heard that guy talk about any of his movies? Oh yeah, he, oh, all he said yeah. is <laughs> awesome, cool. That's his whole. But then right. again. So this is cool. Look at that. Look at that skull. This is great. <laughs> that, but that comes from the comics, though. It's not just out of nowhere. And it was executed really well. It looks, yeah. you know, real, it's well designed. Can I? And stuff. Uh, I'll let's see. To my point, never noticed it was a skull. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's just me. And but I'm they said it. She says it. You know, it's, it's we're in the skull of this hollowed out alien being. Did <laughs> she? God, I've yeah. already forgotten. Uh, I must have just missed that both times around. I'm pathetic. Maybe that's why I hate these movies. I just have no, attention I deficit think... disorder and can't. <laughs> no, sometimes the exposition has to happen fast. So yeah, I yeah. agree though. I agree about the CGI being kind of poor in a lot of scenes, like this one, for instance, that we're watching right now, where they're inside the skull. And I think in a lot of the action sequences, especially where there's a lot of flying around and shooting, okay, um, I think it could have benefited from what Ang Lee did composing a lot of his action shots a lot more, like pulling out, zooming in when he needed to, having a good mixture of like back and forth. Just not every five seconds, please. <laughs> not every five seconds. That was for the Monta. I don't know. I felt like that. The, I, re- I remember the action sequences of Hulk, but I don't remember the action sequences of this movie. I remember the uh, dog fights because that was all very. You, you remember know. the dog fights? I couldn't tell what was going on. And the you know, you know when all the planes get you know yeah. cover that thing and you know that, that was that was memorable. I mean, the, you know the the challenge again with you know making sci- making more sci-fi movies and making more superhero movies and making more James Bond movies, and making you know more Jurassic Worlds, making more more movies in any genre. Uh, how do you top what came before? Yeah, uh, I feel like. Um, the the uh, I'm also very lenient. The goal. What's up? Do you think that's the goal? Is the top what came before? Well, there's a little bit. Uh, I, I, um, 
I, I, think that's, I think that's always uh, some, you know, somewhat in the mind of a filmmaker. I think at least visually. Yeah. Well, I, I think the goal, if you focus on telling a good story, I think you'll get a lot farther than trying to right. be this but better. But we definitely, I, you'll probably agree with me on this, Alex, not to put words in your mouth, but I think <laughs> that's the Marvel Studios goal. <laughs> because we're already in a climate right now where... Out there in Hollywood studio land, there's murmurs of the Avengers sequel being a failure because it didn't beat the box office totals uh, for the yeah. first Avengers movie. <laughs> and But it still brought in hundreds of millions of dollars, right. made well over its budget, but it's a failure because it didn't beat the last one. Right, right. So yeah. I think uh. part of the mentality of these films and who's making them is we've got to do better than last better time. Better monetarily. Better yeah. monetarily and, and they kind of want to translate that too. Mm-hmm. That's because it had better story acting, etc. Doesn't necessarily mean it did but I think that's what they think. <laughs> yeah, and that goes back to like anything that's popular. Um, <laughs> Just you, everything, yeah. You, you both are going to groan. You 2 is my favorite band of all time. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and their 1997 album, Pop, was widely panned as like, it was a failure, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a U2 record, whatever. Um, it still made a shit ton of money. Right. It's just not, you know, U2 levels or, well, not, yeah, uh, not Joshua Tree levels. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, you have to take, I mean, artists definitely have to take that with all with a grain of salt. It's, it's you know, that's a studio system, but um, uh, audiences also take it with a grain of salt because, you know, I, I, I also believe in audiences, you know, uh, for every, <laughs> for whenever I disagree with the Transformers or Ninja Turtles or anything Michael Bay... They back me up on stuff like Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I personally don't pay a lot of attention to, you know, uh, Avengers, I saw it, it was good. Right, it was I, fine. I mean, I'm not <laughs> totally worried um, about box office receipts. Again, keep yeah. bringing up the new Mad Max. That's the first movie I've been worried about box office receipts for in a long time. Yeah. Just because I liked it so much, I was like, I want more, and so it, therefore it has to be successful. And this is all, the, all the studios are going to respond right. to is how much right. it makes. That's, right. That's what I'm saying, is that yeah. I, yeah, while I personally, I, you know, couldn't care less about how much a movie makes, it's a personal experience if I it, like it. Yeah. But now, it's to the point where just these box office receipts and these budgets are just so massive. That yeah. it becomes and just uh, uh, just a hyper important uh, segment of what film is now, and I don't know well, how. I mean, I know that's for me personally, that's not good, and I just don't know where it's going, and it worries me. I mean, then, then again, that that I, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I have a friend who works at Disney, mm-hmm. and his friend told me he works in a worked in a pretty important position and he told me movies aren't art movies are a commodity just like giving me this look like like it was just this like why hadn't I understood that at this point and it just seems so far removed from reality I don't think movies are only art but I think they can be art and yeah and they can be art and entertainment Right. Or they can be just entertainment. Right, right. Or they can be amazing and be both. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, uh, you, you told me one time, Alex, that art isn't a democracy. And no, yes. it's not. Uh, uh, but artists are, also have to answer to consumers. And, you know, like if a 
you know, if if if, if Pollock left all his paintings in his basement, no one saw no you know no one saw them. Would he have been a painter? <laughs> consumers is a very specific choice, though. I don't think they have to answer to consumers. I think you know the the option for the the uh, the purpose for many artists is to work for for the consciousness of mankind. You know, at, at its purest form. Right. But and so if you are working just for a consumer. It's gonna it's gonna change that your motivation has changed and what you're gonna put out is gonna change. You're not gonna be telling something that's inside of you that needs to come out necessarily. You might, but you're gonna be gearing it more towards what they want. And right. so it just it skews everything. Art, you're trying to make a connection to someone's personality, uh, so they'll in turn make a personal connection to your work. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas if you're just targeting consumerism then you just want to make a connection to their love of Pepsi. Yeah, <laughs> to their dopamine levels. Right. You want to get them back paying money every time you put something out. Right. Well, this is a, uh, a point I made about music before, because I, be I used to be one. I used to be a music. <laughs> uh, I was too. <laughs> um, uh, so, you know, there's that whole chord progression, the CGA minor F. Chord progression. It's a the, classic. Yeah. <laughs> so many songs are in that chord, chord progression. With or without you, let it be. Um, hey Jude, kind of. Uh, the list goes on and on. But those, and some, some of those songs are like classic songs. They're not only the classic songs are huge hits too, um, they're like in that fine line, in, in that very rare Venn diagram, Venn diagram where, where it's, it's art, but it's also a great product. Um, but I don't feel like those artists set out to, well, I'm, I'm kind of going back, you know, negating my own point, but those artists didn't, didn't set out to make them, I mean, well, they're always trying to make the next big hit because, you know, artists need to eat to make more art. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they would ideally like using, uh, they would ideally like making money off their art to make more of it and, you know, get, get, get into, you know, like perpetual, uh, you know, get into like a... Get start a perpetuity of art making money making more art, um, at least from the artist's point of view. Um, but all those you know like classic songs those didn't come out from the artist trying to make trying to make that song a big hit. It just ended up being a big hit and it mm-hmm. also being ended up being a good song. Um, with these movies, uh, especially with Guardians. Um, and I, uh, I, I see your rebuttal coming. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there it is in the distance. <laughs> well, I mean, with movies like this, like uh, uh, they try to inject artistry into this product, but it's still a product. But you know, the, the filmmakers themselves, um, they're trying to make something that they respond to themselves. They're, they're, starting, they're still trying to make a good two hours of, of entertainment. I think I've just realized what this movie is. This movie is an Andy Warhol Coke bottle. <laughs> that, in that it is just a product that I think James Gunn really was trying to you know make a fun movie. He did. And, uh, that <laughs> is entertaining with some emotional moments that people can connect to and celebrate the art that he likes, especially the music. But in the end, it's uh, just, you know, painting the Coke bottle. It's something that was prepackaged to make millions upon millions of dollars just with some hints of, uh, of some emotion and some connection here and there. And they work. They are very effective. It's very fun to watch. I agree. But, uh, 
Yeah, ultimately, and, at the end of the day, it is just kind of a, a just a shell to be to just push this whole sh- system of comic book movies. Yeah. But it's a shell mm-hmm. full of very uh, agreeable yeah. characters. It's got a rich, <laughs> got a rich nougat filling. Yeah, <laughs> things aren't addictive. Addictive things aren't addictive because they suck. They're addictive because they're awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, you know, it's, it's what they do for you that... Hey, they, they, yeah. it, it pleased me. There were explosions. <laughs> and there were jokes. And there was a good time. <laughs> and, um, and there was a rocket who... There was a raccoon who I felt a very personal connection to. So... <laughs> um, uh, well, we uh, uh, we talked about characters. We talked about music, cinematography, because it's a it's a great looking thing. Uh, we no, talked no. about art. <laughs> art. Yeah, talked about humanity a little bit. That's why we like having you here, Alex. We always make great left turns. Yeah, <laughs> oh, wow, we talked thanks. about musics. <laughs> um, like I, uh, uh, yeah. What, what about the? Uh, uh, well, I think we talked about the plot. The plot just well, is. It's, it's the plot of so many of these. Exactly. And which, that's again, a... is kind of, you know, it's it's the nougat filling. It's just empty calories. It's, we have a MacGuffin. Go get it. Don't let right, the bad right. guy get it. But it's uh, how... Then again, it's like, you know, the, the difference between Snickers and the difference between Mario Batali making a Snickers bar. You know? <laughs> Mario Batali makes Snickers bars? He can. Uh, or, oh, fine, right. It's, it's, it's a difference between... Uh, Wait, I want to talk to Mario Batali directly for a moment, <laughs> if I may. Mario Batali, please go make a Snickers bar. Um, you can sell it at Ely, and we will go and buy it. For those of you out there who don't know what Ely is, just Google it, okay? Hey, let's break for a bu- in the Italy ad. Hey! It's probably move, but they... <laughs> You wanted to go the food from the Italy, you go to uh, the, uh, the Chelsea. Mar- no, you, you go to Chelsea and you go get to Italy, and Mario Batali will, 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 will give you good stuff in Italy. Also in Flatiron, also in Flatiron. I'm not even, I was going to try the accent, and then I wasn't. But anyways, yeah, go to Italy, stand around with a bunch of tourists, pay $20 for a sandwich. Fuck that place. <laughs> but they have a Nutella bar. Yes. They're the only place with truffles. Also, did we, did we establish we're in New York? We're all New York. Oh yes, we're establishing that again. But uh, um, okay, well, I guess that's our fake ad for this one that was kind of half-assed. Italy, yeah. <laughs> Italy, go fucking meet there. Italy yeah. with the site done by Squarespace. <laughs> Squarespace, you need a site done by done for Italy. Go to Squarespace because you know Mario Batali can't afford it. <laughs> Real. <laughs> I think Mario Batali can afford a Squarespace or two. Yes, two Squarespaces per year. But no, I cut you off at your at your point there. On it's like Mario Batali making his right or. or or, or like, you know, I was going to say like a, the, the Dunkin' Donuts version of a cronut or an actual cronut. Okay. <laughs> Still very good. Okay. Still it's, establishing we're in New York. Yes. <laughs> no, 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 no. The cronut has, has transcended New York uh, because uh, Paris Baguette Cafe and uh, Korea's Paris Baguette Cafe now has a New York style croissant donut. So. <laughs> croissant donut. Okay. But yeah, it's... Um, You're saying it, while it is just sugary goodness, it's well done sugary. Goodness. Yeah, the, the 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 type of the the type of ingredients matter. The type of calories matter. <laughs> All right, I, I will say it is well done sugary goodness, but at the end of the day, it's not a hearty meal, and it's it's fun and enjoyable and it's pleasurable. But that doesn't make a standout movie that I'm going to just think and meditate on. Well. With- which you can say that, you know, this whole genre maybe isn't for that, but uh, we've brought it up before that there are a few, and there are a few that I dearly believe that have transcended, that I do like, 
But this is my problem with the genre on the whole, is that, uh, you know, yeah, we can have, you know, fun, just octane, high-octane action movies and whatnot, but the best ones are the ones that give you something to chew on afterward. And well, we are really just hammering home this food metaphor. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> well, you can switch to cigarettes. Hey, man, food okay. is art. <laughs> All right. That's what, that's what uh, one of my favorite filmmakers, Alejandro Jodorowsky, says. Sure. Is it's like cigarettes. So you smoke it, and it feels good and everything, but after a while, it's going to kill you. <laughs> right, right. You, I, think you remember, I think you said that in your, in your review of this. Um, uh, well... Candy will kill you slower than cigarettes. <laughs> okay, so it's candy and not cigarettes. Please. Yes. Anatole Ashraf's uh, review of Guardians of the Galaxy candy will kill you as fast as cigarettes. <laughs> the point about um, these movies not being standalone and you know having to be in service of other things, um, that's part of the reason why I think the superhero genre took off as, as much as it, as, as it has. And I'd like to back up a bit and be like, you know, why are we being so hard on superhero genres when it's really in its infancy? It's only seven years old. Westerns had like 30 years to go before people were like, ugh, enough of this. It's uh, because we're being inundated with them so well, much, how do I you, think. How do you think they change unless you just point out what's not working? Right. Uh, but... Uh, we can still appreciate yeah. what works. Sure, sure. Yeah. And, and most of this movie works. And I think the most. money being thrown at it is also just something that uh, sticks with a lot of people. Just these, it's so much money goes into making and then into seeing because they usually make a right. shit ton. And, uh, <laughs> that's what goes, uh, you know, like uh, that's kind of, that's kind of goes, goes back to, you know, art being a democracy or not. Consumerism is a democracy. Well, and we, you know, um, and, it also uh, has to do with voices and who sure. has you know the loudest voices. Who has and the I, loudest voice has the most money. Well, th- this is true, but I think what Anatole's speaking to in terms of the hostility of the genre yeah. that we hear about just comes from certain voices, and they're it's similar to my voice and Alex. <laughs> I think it's similar to your voice, where mm-hmm. we really, really appreciate a good artistic, you know, whole great film, and these movies don't hit us in that way, right. and yet they keep coming, they keep making money, and we're kind of in panic mode. Well, mm-hmm. spectacles have always been there. King Kong, people it's true. that made all the money. Um, uh, Island of Dr. Moreau, the 40s version, made all the money that year. Uh, yeah, but are those... Gone with the Wind, well, well, I don't want to... Gone with the Wind is, is actually a, you know, it's an actual classic. It's a, um, Unfortunately, I... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's, 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 you know, it's one of those, it's a, you know, objective stamped classic as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it gets, it gets um, the seal. Uh, uh, James Bond movies have been drawing on, you know, like I, when Seven Peg talked about, you know, wanting one another Godfather, uh, people that year, you know, went to see more Roger Moore movies, and those were <laughs> terrible compared to some of these movies. <laughs> yeah. Because, um, and, you know, in, in these movies' defense, like, uh, we wanted these comic book fans. We wanted these uh, uh, nerds. Wanted them. Uh, you know, uh, you're you're giving the audience what they want, and we will reward you by giving us what we, what we want. 
in the way and but but you also have to do it right you also have to do it like Dominic Ansel and the Cronut you can't give us like a shitty Dunkin Donuts version because that's what like Fantastic Four was before this one of the few movies I've walked out of exactly <laughs> um, you know Daredevil I mean, you, yeah you, why didn't I walk out of that one but anyway <laughs> you have to you have to do it but well you have to do it right and that's how you'll get re- rewarded um, Fury Road it does all of that right and Fury Road I mean you know Mad, Mad Max has had its pale imitators it, Waterworld <laughs> Mad Max 3 yeah. Beyond Thunderdome yeah <laughs> you know the pale imitations of the things you can tell when and you can also tell when something's done with care this movie's done with so much care it's, it is See, the thing is that there's there's when you talk about doing something right you're, you're implying there's a standard there. There is a standard. When a lot of times, it's not a standard that comes from us necessarily. It's a standard that the filmmakers themselves have. We're going to do this in a surprising way. Mad Max came out and surprised everybody because it was so well done in a way people didn't expect for that right. big of a budget of movie to, to be. In the superhero genre, what the standard for that is um, adherence to the comics, to the source material. You can't be like Ang Lee and be like, you know... No, uh, that's uh, the Hulk. Isn't the effect of a you know big accident? It's not you know it's not a guy who just you know it's you can't veer off completely from. You have to respect the source material. You have to. Um, I disagree with that. I don't think you have to respect the source material. Well, I don't think you necessarily do either. But I'm, I'm just saying that, you know the the, the general. However, the, you will just engender the ire. You will call yes. up the ire. Um, so anyway. The, the standards to you know for as far as nerds go, um, uh, you know, adherence to source material. Because I mean, the, you know, the good thing about the Marvel Studios is like it's not, it, you know, even though it, it's, um, it's, it's even in the Marvel Studios system, it's still an inter- interpretation of the of the of the books. Um, you know, the, the the books aren't exactly this. Uh, they're characters you won't see that that just won't translate from the page into a movie. So you you know you'll never see them, even though I really want to. <laughs> um, you have to make sacrifices though yeah. and changes for any translation of media. Sure, right. That's a given. Right, right. Um, then there's the characters. They can't just be like, oh, like this is the character you wanted to see, right? Like they have to make sense in the. In the context of, you know, it still has to be a good written story. It has to be, a, you know, um, everything, things have to make sense. You have to treat it seriously. Uh, you can't have contempt for it because uh, that'll show through and people won't buy it. And uh, obviously there's a lot of love, you know, in this, you can tell. Um, and, you know, by those standards, like, uh, and it has to, like, you know, also, also like, look great as, as, get, as, as well as you can get it to look. Um uh, you know, I now want to see uh, a superhero movie made with nothing but contempt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it would be an interesting. Um, uh, yeah, a, a Daredevil. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if there was contempt in that movie. It was just uh, a little pop- delusion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just carelessness. Parts of Eggly's Hulk. Some of those scripts. <laughs> okay, well, maybe. <laughs> well, I've got nothing but contempt for that. Um, <laughs> Howard the Duck is it it like. Oh, no, I didn't have the duck. Um, uh, Joel Schumacher's Batman. 
I don't. I think you're confusing audience contempt for the movie. Yeah, oh, no, 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 no. I no. want to see a director who just, just no, no, no. Joel Schumacher. Shit. <laughs> Joel Schumacher apologized for that because he was like, "I wanted to make a stupid comic movie. These guys don't get it. Like, they're, here, here's you like comics. Here's here's color. Here's action. Here's here's Biff Boom Pow without the sound effects. You know what? That's a great point. Batman and Robin is more like what Marvel Studios is doing right now. Ah, boo! Boo! I think so. It's colorful. There are one-liners. There are these big casts of of characters. But they're not... It's like kind of empty story-wise. It's just like this visual feast. They all have something, though. They all have a take on it. They're like, uh, uh, They've got a bit more heart, I would say. They have a lot more heart. There's more investments from both production-wise... Uh, and from the writing wise, from the writing and from the actors, and then the directors too. But yeah. I get what you're saying. I, I get what you're saying. Sure, and I, I like right. it. Uh, was a little more like cynical, kind of. Yeah, just yeah. not caring, wanting to. He make was the asshole. Of the- <laughs> I think what it comes down to is, yeah, everyone involved in this, uh, you know, at least on the back end of it, yeah, they want to make a lot of money. Uh-huh. But at the very least, these more recent ones is how you do it. Have a little bit of heart and hope to get and respect s- for the audience, right? To get something that the audience will appreciate. And that's something that, you know... Um, and, and that's something we would keep responding to over and over again. Because, like, they... You're they, playing to an existing audience. Right. Which is and hard that, to do. That, that's also growing for good reason. Like, they, these are, you know... Th- these are great movies. These are... These are... By, by great, I mean, you know... Great, great, you know... Great experiences. Which, if we want to, you know, go down the rabbit hole... What is a movie... Like, you know, what... What is a movie? Is it? It's an experience. What kind of experience depends on what the audience wants, and we keep wanting these, and we keep taking, you know, giving them our money to make. I think it's a really general statement, and it's one perspective on how to make, and it's specifically Disney Marvel's perspective. That was also any pop moviegoers. It's a moviegoers perspective, and I I am a moviegoer, so you know. Mm It's uh you know if, if I'm if I'm gonna go pay fifteen bucks and you know sit in the theater I want to have a good time and I I I, I want to have a good time with these in a way that Fast and the Furious doesn't give me Fast and the Furious just gives me woo this gives me <laughs> and so much more <laughs> it's gives me a whole range <laughs> yeah. a whole two reactions a whole two a whole two emotions going on there. <laughs> Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, like, it, it's, you know, uh, there's, you know, when you're part of the audience, like, uh, and I thoroughly am, there's a lot to love, there's a, these guys are, Marvel Studios are doing a lot of things right. Going back to your point about Schumacher's color palette, the alternative to these Marvel movies is something we've all, we've all agreed on, is Man of Steel. No color. <laughs> It's all blue. Yeah, you're not allowed to have any jokes. At least Guardians does have its. I did mention earlier, it's very bright and vivid. That planet looks gorgeous. They were going to win an Oscar for the makeup for that. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Uh, But yeah, I I would say, I would say, like you know, like even in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, there's the the uh, Avengers probably has a darker color palette. Uh, and then, if you want to extend it to uh, Netflix, uh, Daredevil on Netflix, it's you know Netflix Daredevil is all a whole other, you know. But that's not that's not a movie. That's a different ballgame. Um, I, I think Man of Steel is one that shows how you know when they just don't get it. Like Man of Steel is what contempt for the audience is. 
Like, you think that's contempt? Yes, I think it is. That's contempt. Zack Snyder says, like, you know what? It surprised me that when a lot of people, you know, they reacted neg- negatively to this because they were holding on to Christopher Reeve's version of, of the character. Yeah, because Christopher Reeve's version of the character gets it. That's exactly what people want from Superman. That is Superman. You can't just be like, no, I'm, I'm Superman. Yeah, that, char- that was an actual character. Christopher Reeve. <laughs> Christopher Reeve was. Yeah. That, yeah. See, and that's interesting because, you know, here with Guardians, it like we were mentioning earlier, these, these characters weren't well known. So they did have more of a blank slate to work with. Right. But at the same time, like we've been saying, you have a pre-existing audience, whereas in Guardians it's going to be much smaller. Right. And you still so, got to please that, but you have a little more wiggle room to make it your own. Right, and that's what I think James Gunn did really well. He made these characters pop. Okay. Um, yeah, whereas, like, you know, Man of Steel, like, oh, Man of Steel, I'm from Clark and <laughs> like, No, 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 Russell Crowe is supposed to sound like that, Henry Cavill. Not you. How excited are you guys? Swiss is going totally off the top of the Guardians, right. but how excited are you to see Bruce Wayne's parents die again? Yeah! <laughs> Woo! Whoa. Because <laughs> guess what? You will. <laughs> if you get a new Batman, Batman actor or any new superhero actor, we haven't had to touch really. You have to relive his trauma. You have to do the origin story again. <laughs> You've just made me realize the strength of Guardians in that I don't have to watch origin stories for this entire yes, team. This is the origin story, and it doesn't matter because it's also a stand- mostly standalone story. But I, I'll, okay, another gold star for Mr. Gunn. <laughs> um, that I don't, the only one I get is Star Lords, which is a total of like 15 seconds. Yeah. Because again, he shows me. He's out of point of view me. character. And uh, yeah, for everyone else, again, he just is able to give so many beats and just quick uh, character interactions that I can piece it together. So, you know what? I'll, I'll, <laughs> Another you know, gold star. Yeah, we'll pin a little gold star right there next to your name, <laughs> Mr. James Gunn. Someone is going to get to be line leader by the end of the week. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, like, as far as, like, uh, you know, uh, Marvel product goes, like, it, all that you get at the end of this movie is, like, yeah, they'll go have more adventures. And it doesn't, it doesn't even do, like, I don't remember it doing that. It doesn't do what James Bond did. Like, James Bond will return in the next movie for you to come spend money. It just, you know, that's it. They go yeah. off to have more adventures. You know they're all going to get their own movie, though. <laughs> no, I, I, I just don't think it'll work. Um, well, yeah. once, the, once the gas is kind of running out, you know. Uh, and at that point, I will be, like... Fuck these movies. Well, but. Yeah, I, I think uh, we're going to see more moves to TV. Sure. You Cartoons, could. computer animation. Oh, features, sure, sure. But does that Live yeah. action. But Those aren't movies. with S.H.I.E.L.D. already. Once Chris Pratt doesn't want to do this role anymore, though, you can bet there's going to be a Zoe Saldana miniseries. <laughs> Netflix miniseries. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> then again, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and now Daredevil, like just to touch upon the TV side of it a little bit, um, they show exactly how to do it right. Um, you know, uh, you you draw upon the source material just right. What hap- what matters most is you get you treat the characters correctly. They they have to make sense the same way they do the same way you know they do in the books. They do in the source material and internally. So, well, you know what I'm noticing though in yes. the way that you're speaking about this, Anatole, yes. is uh, we keep veering to just the Marvel property as a whole. I. Th- don't correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, are you viewing Guardians as just kind of the crux of the whole Marvel universe that it is to be held up as its shining example? Because we, we we're talking about Guardians and this keeps coming up. I'm just wondering where do you place it in that uh, in that nexus? <laughs> um, 
Well, you had two questions there. Do I do I like it because do I see it only as a Marvel Marvel product? Or? Well, and just that, do you think it's a, a it's like the most shining example of of what's good about the whole genre? Um, is it the example to be followed? I, I, you know, I'm asking. Sure, sure. I'm um, asking a lot of things yeah. at once. <laughs> yeah, I don't, maybe um, I don't know what I'm asking. No, no, it's a. I, I like it a lot as a standalone movie. It works well. It like it's. It doesn't come with the baggage of all the other Marvel movies. Uh, okay. And uh, like as you know, like as a Marvel part is you know, it, it's it's you can enjoy it on its own. All all that you get out of it is like at the end they go off on more more adventures. There's like the other of like the other um, Marvel movies like 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 Avengers, which had scenes directly from Captain America. This this has none of that. It's kind of so you know more or less a blank slate. In the Marvel, um, in the Marvel roster, I would put it. I, I, I would put it in a in, in, the, in that ranking. I would put it like you know Avengers, Captain America two, uh, Guardians. I think that's going to be a statement that you might change in hindsight after Infinity War comes out and we talk about how they've been setting up the, the, the gauntlet and Thanos through all these movies. That's true. And the true. fact yeah. that this was the Kickstarter for Phase, phase 2, two it, yeah. that means it came with all the Marvel but In fact, it's carrying all the baggage itself. But it doesn't feel like it. It's not it bogged feels- down. It, it, it's not, you know, uh, they introduced that, okay, Thanos is a... If you came at this with fresh eyes... Like you know that okay, so Thanos is even a bigger baddie than than Ronan, um, and then you know you're like, uh, um, so okay, so there's this thing called this gem that that's part of these other gems. All right, okay, again that goes back to like gun storytelling. Like, let's cut, you know, let's get to this, let's get past it, let's go to more adventure. So mm-hmm. um, this should be the as a shining example. Um, oh, again, like more character moments. Uh, he, uh, you know, Michael Rooker's character has a whole bunch of. Uh, you know Trotsky's on his dashboard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like oh, okay, that 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 shows more than tells. Yeah, <laughs> no, I I think Gunn's a, a good director. Yeah, <laughs> um, he's not necessarily you know greatest of all time or anything. Sorry, James. It's okay. You later, babe. But I don't but, think uh, he's trying to be. I don't think he's trying. No, to be. I and he knows it. He's a yeah. fanboy done good, which is <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so as a, as a shining example, no, but it does many things right. And uh, yeah, many of these movies should take lots of notes from Guardians as like, show, don't tell. Um, try to make your, try to bring your movie with as little baggage as possible. Uh, your, at the very least, like Joss Whedon said for Avengers 2, I have to, I have to assume that people didn't watch, they only, they've only seen Avengers before. I, I can't assume they saw, they saw Captain America 2, they saw Guardians of the Galaxy, they saw this, that. Um, I'm making the sequel to my movie, so in that regard, yeah, it's going to come with the baggage of my previous movie, but it's going to work with mostly my movie, my my first movie. Yeah, but then a huge part in the beginning was that big scene where they're all drinking together, and there's a party, and you have Warhammer and all, and the guy from the other Captain America movie. What's his name with the wings? Oh, Sam. Uh, but but uh, they they're also explained as being friends of those characters. Now, yeah. do you want to now? If you want, if you want to go and find out more, more, it's like those you know in the comics they have the editor's note. 
see uh, this issue. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of like what that was. That was, that was the asterisk. That's exactly like, what that is. That's like, go see the other one. Yeah. And pay that's for the other why, ones. as comic book fans, these are awesome because they come with their own, you know, asterisks. In, internal references. Yeah. Internal references. They come with their own, and that's another thing. That they're, they're very consistent. They, there's this whole internal consistent mythology it has to work with, which for fans, like, you know, before this, no one took comic movies seriously. No one took uh, Punisher seriously. Punisher's a great character. Before what? Nobody took it seriously? Before this? Before, you know, before comic book movies. Oh. Before this, this, before 2008. <laughs> before Iron Man. Uh, you know, like... When, uh, when did Batman Begins come out? But that's uh, that's a different that's a I different think, debate. Man, I think that's you could a, go back to 1989 Batman, but yeah, that's a, yeah. honestly, <laughs> yeah, honestly. Where, where you know people have people are like, oh no, no, the Joker's supposed to kill Batman's parents. What the hell, man? Like it's, it's stuff like that. It's like right, no. but that becomes the cult. That became the cultural touchstone that's for a true. while. I knew a lot of people that thought, oh, I thought that Joker killed them. Right. Uh, Which so, yeah, yeah. Um, so like that's one reason why these these guys keep siphoning money off of us because they're like. They're also they are also us, you know. They're just us. Who, you know, the Kevin Feige is a nerd who just also is is a, does his job as a producer very well, <laughs> you know. Um, so like uh, he, you know, he gets what we like about it because he likes about it. That's what he likes about it. So you know, he gives you know he gives more of it. Uh, yeah. So like, get, you know, um, have you know, the, the the internal consistency, the internal universe. It also makes it more richer of an experience. You can go in and uh, you know, like like the Star Wars expanded universe. There was more for you to glean out of it, and that was for you to do if you wanted to. Uh, the oh, good... I did. I did for so many years of my childhood. <laughs> yes. I read nothing but those Star Wars novels from grades four through eight. Right, right. <laughs> and even with these Marvel, even with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, there there are tentpole Marvel Cinematic movies. This is one of them. Okay. And and then you just have little sideshows, I guess. Yeah. So. You, you have, for every one of these, you have the, Thor two. Uh, you have Thor uh, hundred. <laughs> Fifty million dollar sideshow. They're show. not tiny sideshows. So. <laughs> yeah, well, they're all temples. No, 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 not not Thor. Like, you have temples and mega temples. I think. Yeah, yeah. That, that's temples, yeah. bigger temples. Well, I much. mean, Marvel's temples are basically rallying points for the whole culture as a whole. Uh, you know, uh, for for pop culture as a whole, that's what it's turning out to be. So it's like, you know, what are the movies that pop culture is gonna go see? And what are the expendable ones like Thor 2 and Thor and Captain America, the first adventure? <laughs> you know, those only came out in a handful of scenes, you know, for the midnight midnight premieres. And uh, this one came out everywhere for midnight. So, uh, like, Guardians came out everywhere for midnight. So, um, my, my point is, like, you know, like, the fact that they share a universe is just more for you to enjoy. The ones and the mega tentpoles like Guardians that... You know, again, the, the fact that we're calling Guardians of the Galaxy a mega tentpole, no one saw that coming, and the fact that it's, uh, you know, that it that it has worked so well, you know, it's there's a there's a lot to love about it, um, you know, and so the, the ones that the mega temples like this, like they should, you know, they should work mostly on their on their own, and the rest of it's there for you if you want to if if you want it. Well, I think you know to wrap up uh, my final thoughts. Yeah. You know, uh, in terms of rating, I went in saying 3.5, and I think I'm just going to stay there. Um, This has been a very interesting conversation because it has pointed out things that 
Uh, I did not notice that I don't like about this movie, but it has also pointed out probably an equal amount of things I didn't notice that I do like about this movie. All right. So for <laughs> everything that got detracted, something else came forward uh, to support it. It's, right. it's a very weird <laughs> feeling, uh, but yeah, I think I, I stay <laughs> I stay the course at a, at a three and a half. That it's still enjoyable, but like uh, we were saying, Alex, that. You know, enjoyable doesn't mean uh, it's rich in the wrong way, so to speak, I guess. Uh, it's sweet rich. It's not emotionally rich. Well, uh, hey, that, that's a different bet. <laughs> uh, um, if, you, if you responded to the emotional beats... Well, it, I mean, it has emotional beats, but I don't come away feeling emotional about it or, you know, really feeling anything within myself... Uh, about it, and I think that's to me a good movie makes me feel something, and I can just think about it sure. and feel something, and it makes me want to keep thinking and feeling that way, even if it's a negative emotion, even if it's anger or sadness. It's <laughs> like how Hulk three. Thank God I get to feel, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just come away with this. And I'm like, well, that was fun, you know. All right, yeah, all right, but like in the tradition of like you know uh, of like. In, in, the, in the tradition of blockbusters. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a good blockbuster. Yeah, but it's not a great blockbuster. Uh, 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 it, That's it, his opinion. Uh, <laughs> uh, but the fact that it didn't go down, and first of all, you know, you've been a fantastic, <laughs> formidable opponent. Alex <laughs> Daniel has been a formidable opponent. He has been. It's fantastic. <laughs> uh, yeah, my rating probably, you know, got even higher because I was able to defend it on all these things that, you know, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> 5.5. Which, which... No, you can't do that. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's a slippery slope, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. The, the 11 for Fury Road or whatever was what we call a, uh, a joke. <laughs> Fine, I'll do what Scott Ackerman does. Great movie. C+. <laughs> All right. And, you know, he will go, he will go no, no, no lower. Bad movie, C-. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, great movie. Still 5. Still very enjoyable. All right. Still, uh, one of the okay, fine, a classic modern blockbuster of the last few years. <laughs> All right, Alex, in, in, in the year before Fury Road came out, <laughs> Alex, we'll pull your teeth on it. We know you don't like arbitrary rating systems, and I understand that argument. <laughs> but, uh, I, think, I think that they should take the uh, the art design in this movie and do something useful with it. I give, oh. it, I give it a uh, one and a half. Damn. Oh. Okay. All right. Now, now, did you start with one? <laughs> I didn't start with anything. Yeah. Oh, okay. 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 All right. All right. So, well, hey, technically, some... it goes up. Yes. <laughs> so I will take it. I will take it as a victory for me. <laughs> I Nathan didn't go lower. Alex, you started with nothing. You ended up somewhere on the scale, so that's good. <laughs> you, take, you take that victory and your Snickers bar and you enjoy yourself. <laughs> yes, I will. <laughs> I am going to take a Snickers bar and sit on it. <laughs> well, this has, been, uh, this has been very good. I mean, we talked about a lot of larger stuff, but I think... Yeah. You can't avoid that with, again, this mega tent pole, so to speak. Right. But, uh, Alex, you've been a lovely guest as always. And tell the good, fine people out there what you do, where to get it, etc., etc. Oh, okay. Um, right now, I mean, I make movies, but right now, just on the side, I'm writing film review blogs. So if you want to read more of this kind of discussion and, and put your thoughts in on the on the webpage and yeah. talk with me, go to Argenti Scriptor at... No, not at. <laughs> Go to argentiscriptor.hubpages.com. All right. Uh, spell that for our lovely fans out there, because uh, I know it's Latin, but... Uh... <laughs> it's 
Yeah, it's um, A R G E N T I S C R. Scribble, scribble, scribble. T O R. Scribble, scribble. We're trying to fuck him up so bad right now. We did it, everyone. Give him a round of applause. No, that's it's fantastic. Uh, I've said it before. Alex's reviews are amazing. They are amazing. He always uh, gives me new insight, new outlook on film. I really appreciate oh, it. I know. I'm sorry. Thank you, thank I'm sorry to just make the of- cheeks all rosy red right there. <laughs> but uh, no, look forward to yes. seeing his films and uh, reading more of his reviews. Yeah, definitely. If um, you're a fan of film, you will definitely appreciate it. If you're a <laughs> if you're a fa- if you're a comic book. Fan, film fan there's a lot for you to um, unpack there (laughs) (laughs) and but it's done so well you'll keep going back to unpack some more (laughs) all right well i've been nathan i've been anatole and nathan still hates superhero movies but not this one well it's okay yeah Thanks for listening, everyone. Be sure to visit our website, hehatesuperheromovies.com, and also, please, if you could, subscribe to and rate the show on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. Thanks again for listening.